Welcome to Nairobi Chapel and Bakasi. We grow deep to reach wide. I want to read for us what the Bible tells us about that word. It's a word that is in the Bible, and I want to read what the Bible talks about it, and that's uh, trying to define it using the scripture. Um, Luke chapter 10, verse 38 to 42. Uh, Luke chapter 10, verse 38 to 42. And this is what the Bible tells us. Now as they were, okay, this is the story of Mary and Mother and Jesus visiting them. Now as they were, they went on their way, Jesus entered a village. And a woman named Mother welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But mother was distracted with much serving. And she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Mother, mother, you are anxious about you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. I hope you can get what uh, Jesus meant when he tells Martha, you have been distracted by many things and much servings. You get the context? Thank you. Good. Let me not call you children, but you're children of God. So just bear with me if you hear children who katikati. Yeah, but it's just good job. So uh, the other portion of scripture that mentions the word distracted, there are many, but I just have two. That's 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 25. 40, but this one I'm not going to read it. Uh, it's the story of Paul sharing with it, those uh, guys at Corinth, and it talks about marriage, not getting married. I'm not preaching about this, but it's Paul who was trying to talk about this, and he told them, the reason as to why I'm telling you, for those who are married, remain married. For those who are not married, it's better if you would stay like that. I said I'm not preaching about that. But uh, he told them, this is my instruction. This is my guidance to you. If you are not, stay like that if you are. And the reason as to why I'm telling you these things, I don't want to restrain you of anything. The reason I'm telling you this is to spare you from much, this, to spare you from much distractions and much divided attention uh, towards the Lord. If you go this way, like he was just trying to insist on something. Devotion to the Lord. Attention to the Lord alone. And that's why he used the word distractions. I'm trying to spare you from distractions. And uh, today I have this amazing Bible character that I love him for so many reasons. But above all is because of how he was. Not such a perfect guy, but he was. his heart was right with God. And uh, the Lord acknowledges him as a guy after his own heart, and this character is David. And we are going to read uh, some, the main portion of scripture from first Samuel. Uh, it starts from chapter 15 to 17, but we're not going to read 15 and uh, the whole 17, but we're going to read just 15. So follow through as we read this. First Samuel, chapter 17, and... Let's uh, read verse 28 to 45. 
And as we read this portion of scripture, it's about David and Goliath, when he was attacking Goliath. So you're going to help me identify who was distracted in that whole story, what distracted him, and how was he distracted, right? Thank you for responding. And so here comes our portion. It's a long, long, long chapter, but let's start from verse 28. Uh, let me just give the context of it. It's when uh, Goliath, I mean David, has been sent by his father to go and take some, to check how his brothers, his el three elder brothers are doing in the fight, because the brothers are in the fight with King Saul and the other guys who are engaging in war with this giant called Goliath. And so the dad sends him, go and check how your brothers are faring and carry this uh, portion of food and take to them. And so what happens when uh, David gets to the battlefield? This is what his elder brother says. His elder brother is called Eliab and they are with another brother called Abinadab and another one called Shammah. But David is their youngest. Hear what Eliab has to say. Verse 28, now Eliab, his eldest brother, had when he spoke to men. And Eliab's anger, anger was kindled against David. And he said, why have you come down? And with whom have you left those few sheep in the wilderness? I know your presumption and the evil of your heart. For you have come down to see the battle. And David said, what have I done now? Was it not but a word? And he turned away from him toward another and spoke in the same way. That's David. And the people answered him again as before. When the words that David spoke were heard, they repeated them before Saul. And he sent for him. And David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight with this Philistine. And Saul said to David, you are not able to go against the Philistine to fight with him. For you are but a youth, and he has been a man of war from his youth. But David said to Saul, Your servant used to keep sheep for his father. And when there came a lion or a bear and took a lamb from the flock, I went after him and struck him and delivered it out of his mouth. And, and if he arose against me, I caught him by his beard and struck him and killed him. Your servant has struck down both lions and bears, and these uncircumcised Philistines shall be like one of them, for he has defied the armies of the living God. And David said, The Lord who delivered me from the power of the lion and from the paw of the bear will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said to David, Go, and the Lord be with you. Then Saul clothed David with his armor. He put a helmet of bronze on his head and clothed him with a coat of mail. And David strapped his sword over his armor. And he tried in vain to, to go, but or he tried in vain to go, for he had not tasted them. Then David said to Saul, I cannot go with this, for I have not tasted them. So David, David put them off. <coughs> then he took his staff in his hand and chose five smooth stones from the brook and put them in his shepherd's porch. His sling was in his hand, and he approached the Philistine. Verse 41, And the Philistine moved forward and came near to David with his shield-bearer in front of him. And when the Philistine looked and saw David, he disdained him, for he was but a youth, ruddy and handsome in appearance. And the Philistine said to David, Am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? And the Philistine cast David by his gods. 
The Philistines said to David, Come to me and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and to the beasts of the field. Then David said to the Philistine, You come to me with a sword and with a spear and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. May the Lord bless his word. Yeah, that's the whole, it's not the whole, but just a portion to get uh, what David has gone through or what he's getting himself into. And so, did you by any chance identify any distractor or distraction in the story? Aha, let me just share some few. Um, as in the very first place, the very first distraction that David faces is his elder brother. And as we know, if I have elder brother, I mean an elder brother, and if he tells me anything, chances are high that I will respect him because he's my elder brother. And so this Eliab tells his brother, like, you just bury a young boy. In the first place, he himself, I mean the brother, is a distraction to this guy. He has a vision. David has a very spirit-filled vision to go and attack this giant who is instilling fear to the Israelites, not because he's too powerful, but because he's just an enemy instilling fear. So Eliab tries to distract him. And the things that he distracts him with is his identity. You're just but a shepherd boy. You're just our last born. Your age doesn't qualify you to come and fight this battle. So your age in the first place is down there. Does David hit to that? Not really. He's not giving in. Like he's not, he's not going to accept this. And the other thing that he tells him, I know you just, but coming to watch the battle, I can imagine those days. I don't know if you grew in such environments where <laughs> in our land we call them the boys. Can you translate? <laughs> so if there is a fight, you can just imagine a key boy sitting on a capole and then watching the fight. So this is what Eliab is. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry for those I have attacked, but I didn't use the mother tongue of it. It's a Kiboy just sitting on a pole and trying to watch the battle. So this is what Eliab is seeing in his brother, David. But that's so different from what David is about to do, right? Yeah, so David has a different mission. And this distraction is not going to affect him in any way. The other thing that distracts David, it's when he faces King Saul. And the king tells him, take this. He has finally accepted that. David, okay, you can go and fight. But take this armor of mine. We are told in the Bible that the armor was heavy, super heavy. Um, let me just give an example. With Imagine I'm putting on a boot that's 5 kgs. Or, yeah, let's just, it's 5 kgs, this on the right and on the left. If I am to go to battle... How long will it take for me to lift one leg again? So David is not used to fighting with this kind of armor. He has a different kind of armor that he fights with. And then when he's just handed this armor, it's a distraction to him. He is not used to it. And so he tells the king, I cannot go with this for I am not, I mean, I have not tested it. I'm not used to this. He was used. He's fighting in the wilderness. He was used to fighting. Yes, he used his strength, but he was such a different fighter. Not with the wild uh, armors that Saul thought would make him win the battle. And he just explains in the last verse that we've just read that, I am coming to you in the name of the Lord God of hosts, whom 
you are defying. And that's how he goes. This is a lot of faith. A very young boy, but then he tries using his words. He knows what the scripture says, that the battle was not his. It was the Lord's. And so however giantic the guy was, he's like, I am coming to you in the name of the Lord, God of hosts. And that's how he approaches him. And another, another barrier or another distraction that I find is, okay, no, no, I mean just an explanation of that. Um, the guys who are watching David go to battle, he's but a boy. I mean, just like a small guy. And if you look at the giant, if you have a picture of a giant, by the way, what size do you think that giant was? If we were to use this, whatever, this uh, space, what size an estimation? I want you to help me here now. Just try estimate what size he was. Okay, so the guys that, that are watching him go to battle, they can just view this young boy that this giant is too big for you to fight. But when David looks with his eyes, remember during David's anointing by uh, prophet Samuel, he was filled with the spirit of God from that moment onwards. So David is filled with the spirit of God. And when he looks, he just looks at this giant and he's like, this giant is too big for me to miss, for me to miss a single slingshot. For example, if someone who looks like can attack me when I'm here, let me use my brother there. If he just did that, it's just an example, just bear with me. So if he just threw a stone on me, chances of missing are just 100%. I'm not <laughs> So the stone might just pass through here. But what if it was a giant? David looks and he's like, if I just throw one stone, I'm not going to miss. So you just see what you're seeing. But from my eyes, I'm very sure a single slingshot will kill him, right? Yeah, so the people's distraction do not prevent David from acting on what he's about to do. And the other portion of scripture is 2 Samuel. It's still a continuation of David's distractions. We see in this case, we see that David triumphs over these distractions that comes his way, right? He does. Yeah, the other portion of scripture is 2 Samuel, uh, chapter 11 and chapter 12. But I'm also not going to read it, but it's the story of David and Bathsheba. Here, David is also faced with another tough examination, and we find it's a season of spring when kings are supposed to be in battle. But does David go to battle? He doesn't go to battle. He is in, in his house, and he rises from his couch and walks on the rooftop to, I guess, it was an evening hour, so he was, I guess the, the, I guess the weather was quite refreshing, and so he goes on top of his roof to check, and his eyes get distracted. Yeah, and the distraction that his eyes faces causes him even to sin, uh, committing the sin of adultery, and that doesn't end there. He goes ahead after this whole distraction and sinning against the Lord. Instead of repenting, he finds himself in another sin of trying to deceive, trying to cheat, and I mean, look for ways out on how to come through this trap that he's found himself in. He lies, like trying to tell Uriah, the husband of Bathsheba, come from the battle, 
He doesn't have good intentions. He just wants to conceal his sin, but that doesn't work out. And he goes ahead to sin even more by arranging for the killing of Uriah. So one sin calling for another and calling for another. So in this case, David loses to distractions. And uh, I would say that there are some things that distracted him. Again, David is a king. Uh, how many here would be called by the president and refuse to go? Okay, if you are called by the president, if you would go, please raise your hand. Now you know why Uriah, I mean Bathsheba went. So this guy, <laughs> no, it's just an example. I mean, David is in authority. He is the king. And so, <laughs> no one, I, I didn't mean that. I, I meant... <laughs> David is distracted by his authority as a king. Like, if he calls, they would respect him and go to him. So, that's how his authority, his title as a king, distracted him. And the other thing, this guy, uh, I don't, his house might have been a good house. I mean, when he's getting to the rooftop, it might have been a good house. And so, he was blessed with wealth, and as a king, you know, he had a lot. So, well, this becoming a distraction to him. If it was like a, something like just standing somewhere, chances of maybe finding that lady who was taking a shower somewhere were minimal, but he's distracted by the much that he has. And uh, the Lord is not pleased by what uh, David does. You know what? The Lord was not displeased by the, the things that David did after that. And so what happened? He faces a punishment, and the child that, they, uh, the child that's, that comes as a result of this, the child dies as a punishment. But what happens? At this point, this is why I said David is an amazing character for me, because we see he's not really upright, but, okay, I mean, for that, in that situation, but his heart is so right with God that he's, he doesn't have peace, and he seeks the Lord at that very moment. If you've read the whole of Psalm 51, it's all about David asking the Lord, cleanse me, wash me, make me clean, search my thoughts. Like, just make me right with you, Father. And the Lord has mercy on him, and he forgives him. And yeah, it's a prayer. It's a very amazing prayer for me, the whole chapter. And so... Uh, Maybe just looking into the results from the portions of scriptures that we've just read, the first Samuel, second Samuel, and Luke about mother and the story of Paul to the church at Corinth, and just look at the results of distractions. And at this moment, we know. Um, let me say, let me just try to define distraction uh, from what we've just done so far. I would call distraction. Um, a thing or an object that prevents someone, I'm sorry, a thing or an object that prevents someone from concentrating on something of more value, and in many cases, the thing is more profitable. And in our case here today, a distracted person will be preoccupied and unable to concentrate on the necessary things of God, on the necessary on the will of God. And so that's why you find David is not getting distraction and falling to the things of people, but he's getting distracted from the will of God and from the things of God. And so what are the results of all this distraction that David faces? In the first 
place. He pays for his sin. David has to pay for his sin. He doesn't just go scot-free. He has to pay by death of his son. I, not son, I mean child. I'm, I'm not sure if he was. Was he a son or a daughter? The child that was given to him. He was a boy. Oh, wow. Thank you. I, I usually read my version says the child. <laughs> so thank you. I see now you're going together in the Bible reading process. So the child dies. And that's David paying for the consequence of his sin. And the other thing, one unrepented sin resulted to another and another. And that's also a very negative consequence. And the other thing, uh, David loses focus. You see, a king who is supposed to be in battle, minding about how his guys are doing, how the whole, uh, how the soldiers are faring. He's here minding about how to conceal his sin. He's just lost focus from the things of the Lord, from what he's been entrusted by the Lord, and he's minding other things. He's lost focus because of a distractor. And the other consequence of David's sin, uh, not David's sin, I mean the other consequence of distraction, this one just brings me down. What we read about mother. Mother is busy serving. How many serve in church here? Or perfect. Almost everyone, you serve in church. Imagine mother is serving, and not just serving any mo anyone. Serving the king of kings. Serving Jesus himself. And Jesus himself tells her, you are distracted by much servings. And some versions say by many preparations. So imagine, I usually wonder, there are so many things we do, and they seem good, and... Uh, I can't imagine what kind of, it was just bringing her down. Like, I'm serving you, Jesus. Like, it's not even humans that I'm serving. It's Jesus. How comes I'm getting distracted from much serving? But Jesus tells her that your sister Mary has chosen the right, the good thing, the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. So serving is good. I'm not trying to say it's not good. But it's good. But just think about it when it caught mother that she was distracted by much servings. While at that moment she was supposed to be seeking what would not be snatched from her, what would be lasting. And that's the thing that Mary was seeking. Uh, the final distraction here is, I mean the results of distraction, it's limiting God's power. Aha, uh -huh, limiting God's power. I'm very, very sure the three brothers of um, David, they must have been like, this is our smallest brother. How can he even? We've been here, this Goliath, this giant has been insulting God, and none has made it to go and attack him. How? A small boy. They don't know that this guy has a very heavenly vision, and he's filled with the Spirit of God, and he knows how to fight good battles. And they're just all limiting God's power, what he can do through this young boy. And I remember last Sunday, um, DC gave us a very powerful, he delivered a very powerful sermon here. Um, like, you are enough, you are enough. I had battled with God that whole week. I was like, God, no, you, you don't know how much I just need. No, 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 you're just saying you're using people, but not me, God, not me. Like, no, you, you're just telling me I have the capacity, but I don't, imagine you telling God, oh, no, not too happy, you don't know what from within, I'm trying to battle. But then, 
This is just delivers a very powerful word to us that. Look at Paul. He's headed to kill. Like, just, he's just, his blood is just beating, death, killing, killing, all that. And the Lord uses him powerfully. And I'm there like, I'm enough. Because the Lord is enough. So we are. And so, may nothing bring you down at all, at all. So, let's all know. Whatever distractions come our way, could they be negative? Could they be positive? Because there are many positive distractions that come our way. And uh, may they not bring us down. Let's know that we are enough. May our identity, may our inner thoughts not bring us down. So, let's know that we are enough. And... Uh, uh, and I'm thinking about the common distractions that we face today as a church, maybe as an individual, maybe as the body of believers worldwide. Maybe you can help me point them out. I don't know, maybe I have mine and maybe you have yours. So what's the common, the most common distraction that you face in your work of salvation? Uh, work, at, work and routines. For example, maybe mother was used to when guests come to their home, serving them, taking care of them. But here you find that her much preparations, her much serving, her work, her routine is distracting her from seeking what the master has to do. That's work and our routines. And they are good. We must work. We must engage in our routines. But may they glorify God. May they be channeled to glorifying God and not ourselves. Amen? Amen. And another thing could be, this one was said uh, in terms of fear. It's our identity, like we, us, and what comes from within ourselves. That's our identity and our feeling not enough, but may the Lord help us and know that. As you used guys like Paul, Moses, Jeremiah, Elijah, those guys who are feeling not enough, may he help us to know that we are enough and we can be used of him. So when the we in us, when the things in us distract us, may we choose Christ and may we choose to go for him, for he knows that we can. The other thing that distracted the king was money, wealth. We said they're good things. Like, how many, how many have been, let me just make a confession here. Um, have you ever purchased a, a good outfit, Evie, and then you say, let me just take myself for a walk. Because the Lord has given me some, some money that could afford a whole outfit. Then I decided to just walk aimlessly, like, before you get home, back home and realize that was pride. Shanguka. So, just money, because I had money or because I had some, some coins that could. Maybe like a good, just something good. You can just think of the good things, the house, the what, all these good things. May they not just be distractions to us. They are good and they're important. And we, I, all, I pray for us all to get them. It's good. Kwani, see, we are born again and we are Christians and we love God and we want to be. But may they not be distractions, and may they not make us to miss what the Lord has called us for. And but now, after all this, uh, or the final one, before we get to the concluding thing, uh, what about our hobbies, our, our hobbies, our relationships with other people, our family, our attachments? Could they be a distraction in any way? Mm. I guess, yes. Some days ago, I mean, <laughs> this is funny, but it's interesting. To me, I, was, I received several calls from home, from people who I treasure so much. Um, I, 
late last month and they asked me, mm, so why haven't you invited us for, see there's an event in your home on 12th. I was like, oh, tell me about it. I didn't know about the event that was at home on 12th of December. I closed that story there. What have I said? That's English. I closed that story there. <laughs> I'm sorry, so <laughs> something else happened. This whole, uh, from the 1st of December to the 12th of December, I received several calls and I'm like, uh, there's something that's happening home on 12th. Why haven't you invited us? Why, why? I'm like, what's happening at home? So I just, it was quite distracting because I had an event personally and it's, <laughs> it's quite, it's funny, but I didn't attend the event. It was my event, an introduction kind of thing. And Chessie is here. She didn't attend the event, and it was her event. But I kept thinking about it, and I'm yet to call him and ask how it went, because they're just some, you call them Michene going up and down there, and people know what I'm doing, and I don't know. I don't completely know, and even the guys involved, are not, they, they don't know, so... It distracted me to some point, and I will call home and, ask and hear what happened yesterday. I didn't go, but, <laughs> but it was mine, and it was distracted. But it pushed me to a point of thinking, Amma, should I take a quicker step? Should I slow down? Should I? It just left me thinking about it deeper, and may it not make me to fall. <laughs> it's, it's not such interesting. And so... Let me drive us to the conclusion of this whole story. I want to read another Bible verse from the book of Matthew, chapter 16 and verse 23. This is the heart of this whole narration that, or this whole, uh, this whole sermon. Matthew, chapter 16, verse 23. And this is what the Bible says. Jesus is with his disciples, and this is what he tells them at some point. Matthew chapter 16, uh, from verse... Let me read from verse 21 to 23. From that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes, and be killed, and on the third day be raised. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, Far be it from you, Lord, this shall never happen to you. But he returned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a hindrance to me. For you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of men. This is Jesus, the master. He knows what he has been sent down here by the Lord our God to do. He knows he's on a mission to save. He knows very well that he's on a mission to bring salvation to mankind. And he explains to his disciples, in a few days I'm going to Jerusalem. I'll be, I'll suffer. I will face many, many trials and a lot of this. And I will even be killed. But on the third day, the Lord will raise me 
to life. And Peter pulls him. He didn't even do this in public. Peter pulls him aside and tells him, Master, far be it from you. You're not going to go through this. You are the son of God. You have the capacity to curse all these people. You have the capacity not to die. If they kill you, you have the capacity to not to not to die. Like you can just choose the other option. But Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit of God, tells Peter, he doesn't even call him Peter. He tells him, get behind me, Satan, because you are a distraction. You're just seeing the things of earth. The things of God and the things of Satan, they don't go together. The will of Satan and the will of God, they just go opposite directions. And so Jesus tells him, behind me, Satan, you're just on the things of the earth, but I have come for the things of the kingdom. And so Jesus defeats Peter, and he, he triumphs. I mean, he triumphs over that kind of distraction. And that's why we are here. We are saved, and we are walking like we are running a race, as Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 to 2 tells us that we are running a race, and let's, let's run it with endurance and perseverance. Looking unto Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. Just, he didn't look at its shame, but he just ran. And he was looking to the prize that was set uh, before him. And so let's know that we are in a race. We have been saved. We are in a race and we are headed to heaven. And may nothing just take us off. The path may nothing, nothing, whatever the good or the bad distractions may they not take us off track. And as Paul, this Paul, these guys are interesting. Paul writes to his spiritual son Timothy in Second Timothy chapter four, verse seven to eight, that I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, and I have kept the faith. And at this point, we find that there is a fight that we are fighting as believers. And if I may tell us that the fight that we find ourselves in, spiritual battles that they just manifest themselves in physical forms, like just trying to think about COVID or trying to think about, if you found me there with Wambo fighting, I just <laughs> if you found me there in Wambo fighting early in the morning, you might think we're just fighting, but maybe I'm just in another spirit of trying to cause Wambo when she gets here, she's not even thinking she's just bitter with me. So this fight is not as it's manifesting itself. It's a spiritual fight, and I'm just trying to just disrupt her mind and distract her. But may the Lord help us to fight the good fight and fight it well, and know that our weapons of war are the full armor of God, the shield of faith, that whenever the enemy throws darts or obstructions or any form of thing, could they be negative, could they be positive, good or bad, May we have the shield of faith and not to succumb to the trials and to the things that the enemy throws our way. And may we walk in truth like David. He knows the scripture says, why do you defy <laughs> the most high? Like he's the most high. He's walking in truth. Like he knows the Lord will fight his battles. And that's how he's holding on to truth. So let's hold on to truth and nothing else. And by that we're going to win. And so let me tell us that in the work we are walking, distractions might even be many. The moment you set your foot, like, seek God's grace more, to pray more, to keep in fellowship with the Lord more, then the devil works even harder 
to make sure that you're even more distracted. So let's hold on to faith and to the truth. And remember the armor of God doesn't go in. It's like you can't just put on the, the shield and leave the helmet because your salvation will be attacked. If you leave the helmet, salvation will be attacked. If you leave the truth, you will be living with the shield, but it's okay, it doesn't make sense when it's in portion. So let's put on the whole armor of God as Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 to 20 tells us, and we are going to win this battle. If hardships be many, if distractions be many, may the Lord help us to win. Amen? Amen. And yeah, just stand in the truth. And we are going to handle all these things. And when it comes to the truth, you know many other times when we just handle things according to emotions. I'm like, this is the truth, but I can't go for the side of truth. I'm just going with the emotion, how I'm feeling about it and not what the Bible says. So the Bible has all the truth that we are supposed to walk in. So walking in, in the truth and not according to what we and our inner selves tell us is, I mean, whatever is not of the spirit, let's leave it aside and Right now, uh, things will be there. Just think about it. We asked ourselves a question at the beginning that, have you been distracted in the past? Now, according to this, let's see who has been distracted in the past. Yeah, I have. <laughs> Thank you. Who is distracted right now by any form of distraction? Mm, yeah. <laughs> I've gone through this distraction for some few days and he's trying to prepare for today's someone and then stima inaniamulia haitakuwa kwangu siku tatu and I'm like wow I'll still push on yeah I will and now this is the trickiest one who will be will you be distracted in future Christmas is coming next year is coming we don't know what 21 2021 holds I'm not a prophet but I'm just trying to think about it Pastor Fred keeps telling us he's not a prophet but just think about 2021 we don't know what it holds for us could it be answers to all the prayers that we've been praying if they fell on you like you received everything that we've been trusting in God for would it distract you in any way would it bring a distraction to your life if it wasn't if it was even the other Let's say good or bad, whatever the future has for us, God knows, but will it be a distraction to us? May it not be, but may we choose the truth, may we choose to hold to the truth and to stand in faith and not be distracted to the things that are not of God. Amen? Amen. May the Lord help us and keep us strong in him. But just keep thinking about it. Will you be distracted? If you have in the past been distracted, we are going to pray for the Lord to forgive us. And he's faithful enough. David was distracted and he prayed to the Lord and he forgave him. Distracted at the moment, may the Lord fill us with the Holy Spirit to know how to fight the battles right. And to know that the wrong armor, like what was given to David, the wrong armor slows a soldier down. The wrong armor wears a soldier down. But the right armor brings victory in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.